Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers. I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Maddie D. And the boogeyman was actually made up of insects. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And if you didn't want to know that, then you shouldn't be listening to the show because that is a spoiler. That's right, because typically what we do on this show is we look at all the promotional material for an upcoming Hollywood blockbuster, and then we attempt to predict as much of its plot as humanly possible. Yeah, we try to find the killer, as it were. Mm, that's a good point. And for the first time ever, we've actually got a special guest sitting in. Would you believe, exclusive for this plot prediction, I've actually got Michael Myers sitting next to me. I shagged a rotten, baby, yeah. Not Mike Myers. No, it's Michael Myers. Listen, you can oh, just okay. you can just hear him breathing in the background. Welcome to the show, Michael. Mm. Oh, that's a terrible joke for that was. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> I liked it. I liked so, it. I think we run with it. <laughs> so, if you want to put one of our previous predictions to the test, you currently can because in cinemas, not in Australia, but in cinemas currently, something I'm very excited about is No Time to Die, the new James Bond movie. Unfortunately for us, we're not getting the movie until the 11th of November, so I've got to wait a full extra month dodging spoilers that whole time before I can actually go to the cinemas and enjoy it. You have been waiting for that particular movie for, it feels like, 10 years. Yes. And I've had plenty of time to die in that period as well. So, Are you still as excited or is it kind of died down for you? Uh, it's sort of like every time the movie gets close, my anticipation builds up. But then when it gets pushed back, like it dies down again. And then when it gets close again, it builds up again. And then you just like it's a never ending cycle. But now that I know we've actually got a concrete date and the movie is actually out in a lot of territories now, it, you know, the anticipation is probably at its highest. And it will peak, of course, when I'm sitting in the cinemas and, you know, the sort of gun barrel sequence slides across the screen. That's when I'll be the <laughs> most excited. And then will as you stand... that expectation, though? Well, I always enjoy James Bond movies, so there's no doubt that it will. Like, even when we watched Spectre, I came out all jazzed and all excited. And you were, like, dragging your feet with, a, like, a sour look on your face. And I was like, that was great! <laughs> <laughs> and poor Matty D didn't have the heart to break it to me. <laughs> but, yeah. It's one of those circumstances where I'll spend half the movie just excited that I'm watching a James Bond movie, and then I'll spend the second half being like, okay, what's going on in the plot? (laughs) But it doesn't really matter. We're not here to talk about James Bond this week. I really wish we were, though. (laughs) But instead, we're talking about the upcoming sequel to 2018's Halloween, Halloween Kills. Now, I think we sort of mentioned this last week, but 2018's Halloween wasn't a remake. It wasn't a reboot. It was sort of like a soft reboot slash sequel. And we'll talk more about 2018's Halloween in a sec. But this is technically the third movie in a sort of like a reboot or a soft reboot universe, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's like an alternative timeline. Yeah, that's right. That's right, exactly. Uh, And this is actually the 12th movie in the Halloween franchise. Can you believe there's been that many movies? Yeah, that's crazy. I can believe that because I've seen all of them. <laughs> oh, boy. Let's get straight into our histories. What is your history with the Halloween franchise, Matty D? Oh, well, I think like everybody, I went through a phase when I was younger of just like binge watching all the famous horror movies. Mm-hmm. And this was one of them. I remember buying a VHS tape where it had introductions to all the different famous Hollywood horror villains. And I had like an encyclopedia. That seems to be something I do. Apparently, yeah. you just have like movie encyclopedias. Yeah. Just like me. And finding out about Michael Myers through that and buying the first or renting out the first Halloween movie. Loving it. I still think it stands the test of time and holds up as an absolute classic. And I binged watched a lot of these movies. I remember watching the first three all in a row. Watched the first one, loved it. Watched the second one, loved it. Watched the third one, was confused. <laughs> Halloween 3, <laughs> was, Season of the Witch. Oh, I was really to talk confused about that. with what was happening there. Yeah. You're like, where's Michael Myers? Surely Michael Myers will jump in and save the day any minute now. 
Yeah, and I didn't I didn't watch a lot of the new ones. I've kind of skipped and I don't think I watched H2O. Maybe I did. They all kind of blend in for Many me. Many D, together, it's H20. It's not H2O. Isn't it? No. Why is why would it be called Halloween Water? <laughs> I thought I thought he was near water. No, it's H20 because it's Halloween 20 years later. So that was the first soft reboot they did back in the 2000s. But uh yeah, it's H20, not H2O. But that's what it's like symbolizes, right? Like it's supposed to be H2O like water. No, it's not. It's supposed it's to market, be H right? it's supposed to be Halloween twentieth anniversary. Alright, well, I always thought it was H2O then. <laughs> so <laughs> you're you're watching water. the water version. <laughs> the rest of us are watching the twenty years later version. Killing people near a river. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't. But yeah, I still recall the original movies. I loved them. I love the character. I love the style. And for the first time ever I watched this recent twenty eighteen one. Now Kieran, I decided to watch this stoned why oh what a terrible idea that was oh boy which meant that that night i had some of the most vivid terrifying dreams of my life in which michael myers was chasing me and like i'd kill him and he'd disappear and chase me again it was it was a trip oh how Um, awful but i really liked the movie i and it's been so long since i watched the original one but i still remembered enough of the shots from that previous movie and enough of the references from the previous movie to really like enjoy what they were doing there yeah and i i don't know i thought i thought it was a really nice love letter to that original series i really enjoyed it a lot despite being high <laughs> there we go so if i was just going to dive into my history now uh believe it or not the very first halloween movie i saw was actually the very first horror movie that i saw so my whole dipping the toe into like the horror movie universe was uh, with a Halloween movie, would you believe? So I was probably about 12 or maybe 11, and the very first horror movie I ever watched was Halloween H20, believe it or not, (laughs) or Halloween H2O, as you know it as. And like I said, that was the very sort of first whole undoing of the very confusing Halloween timeline and sort of starting fresh again with a clean slate, which is interesting because they've done that four times now. So (laughs) obviously it never sticks. They seem to not like the series they just like scrap it and start again like terminator it's because it always goes off the rails so it starts off somewhat normal and grounded and next thing you know you've got like these cults of the ram's head or whatever it is like where michael myers is like their jesus and yeah, i remember seeing those movies and he's like a, a demonic figure and he's got like satanic tattoos and yes. stuff yeah and then paul rudd's running around for some reason trying to rescue a baby <laughs> And it's just a complete mess, so I'm not at all surprised that they completely scrapped that sort of universe. Uh, and then so after I watched Halloween H20, I was expecting it to be really scary, and it, and it kind of wasn't, but I enjoyed it anyway. Uh, I followed it up with Halloween Resurrection, if you remember that movie. Yeah, I believe I saw that one. That was the one where they were trying to you know go along with that whole found footage trend, where most of it is sort of like first-person cameras in a, in a haunted house where Michael keeps popping up and killing people when he's not Shaky eating rats. Camps. Yes, yeah, a lot of shaky cam. I think he stabbed someone through the neck with a tripod, which I found interesting. <laughs> so that one I remember thinking it was ridiculous. Uh, and I think it ends with Buster Rhymes going, trick or treat, motherfucker, and shooting Michael Myers with, a, with like a handgun. <laughs> so that was quite a downward slope. But then, of course, I think a couple of years later, I watched the original 1978 John Carpenter Halloween movie. And I absolutely loved it. I thought it was fantastic. To this day, I still think it's one of my favorite horror movies of all time. And I think one of the reasons I love it so much is because at the time as well, I already was a big John Carpenter fan. So I'm a big fan of They Live, Assault on Precinct 13, Prince of Darkness, all of those movies. So I went in not knowing that it was a John Carpenter movie. And so watching it, I was like, oh, oh, The Thing as well. I forgot to mention The Thing is probably my favorite John Carpenter movie. So going in, you're really sort of experiencing that whole John Carpenter style. You've got that great John Carpenter theme music. 
And yeah, it just really sort of follows his directorial trends. And yeah, uh, I think that's one of the reasons I really liked it. It's such a simple concept as well. It never gets too yeah. complicated. But I think that people remember it being a, like a horror movie and being, you know, iconic and, and violent. But it's such good filmmaking too. Yes. Yeah, it's excellent filmmaking. One scene that I always go back to, and I actually rewatched some of the scenes for this episode. It, one of the scenes that I absolutely love in that first movie is when Tommy Doyle is sort of like running with the pumpkin from his school, from like these school bullies. <laughs> and he falls over and like the pumpkin gets crushed and then like the bullies run into Michael Myers who's just standing there watching the events unfold and then we've got this excellent tracking shot of just like Michael stalking Tommy Doyle through the schoolyard we sort of see it from Michael Myers point of view is that in the mask with the eye holes no I was gonna say and then probably the most famous scene was that great opening scene where we see the whole murders well just the murder of his sister Judith from Michael Myers point of view where you just see through the eye holes of a clown mask that he's wearing. You don't even realise it's a little kid until the end of the scene when the mask gets ripped off by his parents. What a fantastic moment that was. Mm. Yeah, so of course, big fan of that first 1978 movie. And then I've got to say, I do have a soft spot in my heart for Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Really? Yes. So how could you not love that movie? I don't know, you know, what your thoughts are on it now, but I always avoided it because I heard, oh, Michael Myers isn't in it, so don't bother watching it. So I always used to skip it. But then one fateful night, you know, I was sitting around at home with a friend and we'd had a few drinks and then we saw that Halloween 3 was on TV. And I was like, oh, let's just watch it. And then we ended up like laughing from start to finish and having a great time because it was just so campy. It didn't involve Michael Myers at all. And if you're not aware, it involves masks that they make to kill children by putting in these like special chips that have a piece of Stonehenge in them that when they play this piece of music that goes happy happy halloween 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 (laughs) their heads explode into bugs and snakes so if that sounds a little unusual i guess it's worth explaining that the original concept of halloween was it was going to be a series of movies that had a different plot different characters each movie it was supposed to be an anthology series Yeah, it was going to be like the Twilight Zone, but for horror movies. That's right. First one happened to be about Michael Myers. It was so popular that I guess they made a second one just to tie up what happens to him because he's alive at the end of it. Yes. And then they were going to plan to do other different movies, each one with a new concept, new characters. Yeah, all sort of circulating around the idea of Halloween night. Yeah, and of course, (laughs) no one really wanted that come Halloween 3. No, No, they didn't. What's funny is in Halloween 3 as well, the first Halloween movie exists as a movie in that universe. Isn't that confusing? I've only ever watched it once, and believe it or not, I didn't know that it didn't have Michael Myers in it. So I'm sitting down, I'm watching, and I'm waiting for him to come. I'm like, okay, there are masks, so it'll be revealed that his mask appears, right? And I'm waiting the whole movie, and I'm like, what is this? (laughs) Well, he does appear in the movie. You see him on TV. Because there's a scene. I don't even remember that. There's a scene where they're watching the original movie. So, as I said, oh, okay. it, it exists as a movie in that universe. Anyway, this right. is still my history, by the way. I still haven't finished yet. There's still lots of <laughs> movies to go. So, of course, the next sort of major movie that I remember watching was the 2008 Rob Zombie's Halloween, if you remember that at all. Yes. And, oh, boy, uh, what's interesting was at the time, I really liked it because I'm like, oh, man, this is sort of like a really sort of adult, gritty version of the 70s movie. And I thought it was sort of edgy and cool and sort of had this whole metal sort of feel to it. But then going back and watching it earlier this year, I was like, oh, man, this movie is just complete trash. Rob Zombie (laughs) has no idea what he's doing as a filmmaker. And I absolutely hated it this time around. And the second one, oh, boy, the second one, the less said about that, the better. Did you ever watch the Rob Zombie's Halloween 2? No, no, I never watched either of them. Oh, really? No. I think you should just watch the first one just to see what you're missing out on. But the second one, oh, boy, what a mess. 
there's nothing that he won't put Sherry Moon Zombie in. That's Rob Zombie's wife. And so all the movies are just sort of like hampered by this really bad acting from his wife. And then he decided to make her like an angel in the second movie who's like an ever-present being in every scene, more or less. And it's oh, it's so awful. Lame. It's awful. And then Michael Myers doesn't even have his mask on anymore. He's got really long hair and a beard instead. Goes around like eating dogs. It's a very it's awful. Absolutely Wait, he awful. He doesn't have his mask? No, he doesn't have his mask in that second movie. He's just like a hobo. You mean he looks like Rob Zombie? Yes, he looks like Rob Zombie. Oh my god. Yeah, it's really bad. And then, of course, to turn it all around, in preparation for this episode, I watched 2018's Halloween, which I'd been putting off because I was like, oh, it's never going to be any good, is it? But I actually really ended up enjoying it as well. I think it was I, good. I think I loved it as much as you did. Like, I actually went back and watched certain scenes again just because I enjoyed them so much. Yeah, I, that you can tell they really loved the first movie. Yes. Yeah, they were very much aping the John Carpenter directing style. I especially love the bit where we see like this long tracking shot of Michael Myers walking around the streets, going from house to house, just killing people. Mm-hmm. That was fantastic. And, of course, the use of the the soundtrack. Yeah, it was really, really good. And it was a really, you know, excellent homage to that first movie. And I had a great time. And it actually made me excited to talk about this movie that we're talking about (laughs) in this episode, Halloween Kills. Though I'm not sure that it may live up to that first movie or that previous movie, if you ask me. I agree with you. I loved that first movie, the the 2018 one. And I think they did it perfectly. I love the fact that they flipped it on its head and... You know, instead of Michael Myers being knocked out of a window and disappearing, it was Jamie Lee Curtis. You know, I love that whole yes. thing. But yeah, that was great. I don't know where else you can go with it other than ruining it. Well, they're setting up for a trilogy now. So this is going to be the second movie or technically the third movie in a, in a three-part trilogy. And they're even talking about making the second and third movie back to back. So they're really trying to, you know, go off the rails with it and then eventually have another reboot of it again in the future, presumably. Now, this movie has actually already premiered. There's no plot details that have been revealed just yet because I think it's just been revealed to the press and they're, you know, they've got like a non-disclosure agreement, whatever. But it's actually, it's already come out. It premiered in September, so last month, and the critical reviews are already out there. And reading a lot of them, I found out that it's been criticized for its poor screenplay and lack of fresh ideas. Oh, no. So I was like, well, that's not a good sign, is it? Again, we better get a wriggle on with predicting this movie because the movie's actually coming out next week. By the time that this episode comes out, you only have to wait seven days and then the movie will be free to watch on the Peacock streaming service. There you go. I don't know if you've ever watched anything on Peacock, Matty D. It's actually typically only available in the US, but you can use a VPN to get access to it. But Peacock, they just love interrupting movies with like really long ad breaks. <laughs> so you'll be really invested in a scene. I actually watched The Elephant Man for the first time on Peacock. You'll be Did sitting. You like it? Oh, yeah, I love the movie, but. Great movie. <laughs> they would be like sitting in a really intense scene. It'd be really emotional. You'd, your heart would be up in your throat. And then suddenly, like. Have you got a great deal on your vitamins? <laughs> Suddenly, like, burst into the screen and interrupt the action. I'd love if the ad was, like, some kind of skin cream or, like, you know, some kind of, like, plastic surgery ad. Uh, well, it's an American streaming service, so all of their ads are always just, like, pharmaceutical-based. Like, every single one. I don't know why all of their ads are always pharmaceutical-based. Do you want to be known as the Elephant Man, but for a good reason? Yeah. <laughs> Try this Viagra. <laughs> yeah, might as well have been that. And, yeah, as I already mentioned, back to Halloween... A sequel for this movie has already been announced. They're already working on Halloween Ends. So apparently that's going to wrap everything up. And it's I think it's due to come out next year, though we will see about that since it was already delayed by a year. This movie, Halloween Kills, was already delayed by a year. Well, that already changes my plot. Oh, really? (laughs) Yep. Okay. All right. So what do we know about Halloween Kills so far? 
well, they've done a lot of promotion with this movie because a lot of the old, a lot of the original cast have come back. So they've been doing yeah. sort of press circuits and interviews with them. But at the moment, we have two trailers that I've been able to find. Yeah, there's a few sort of like behind the scenes featurettes, but I didn't mm. really watch too many of those because they don't give you a lot of information beyond the actors just going, "Oh, it's so interesting to return to this world after so long," and you're like, "Yeah, yeah, we get it." Yeah, but what we can see from the trailer is it's it looks like it's taking place directly after the first movie where Michael Myers is locked in a house and he's burning Jamie Lee Curtis's house and he's burning presumably to death but that's interrupted by you know <laughs> fire brigade yeah a really really prompt fire brigade as well like I think the fire just started and they're already there <laughs> and of course you know Michael Myers gets out starts killing people again and it looks like rather than you know running from Michael what they're going to try to do is round up all the survivors whether they do that deliberately or whether they just run into them. I guess we have to decide that. But yeah. everyone's going to group together and take Michael down themselves. Yeah, which is an interesting concept. But will it translate over to the actual movie? Yeah, I was trying to think. I don't think that's ever really been done. No, eh, not really. I mean, I think there was a movie where they sort of like trap him down a well at the end of one of the movies and like lock it up. But that's probably the closest thing I can think of of like a mob trying to take down Michael Myers. So that was either Halloween 4 or 5 that I'm thinking of. But no, we've never had sort of like mob justice against, as far as I know, against Michael Myers in one of these movies before. It happened to Freddy Krueger, but not Michael Myers. No. Now, there isn't actually an official plot synopsis for this movie. I looked everywhere for one, but there isn't really one. But I did actually get a a quote from the director, David Gordon Green, uh, where he describes what is going to happen in the movie. And I don't think it gives us too much more information than you've already covered, but let's just read it either way. So he says, it takes place on the same night, picking up where the last movie ended, and events from the film bring together a lot of characters who were in the 1978 film who we didn't see last time. They gather to try, once and for all, to take down Michael, to stop this madman. That's basically what you said anyway. Mm. By the way, on the website where I got that quote from, they credited the director as David Gorgon Green. (laughs) Like he's turning people to stone with his eyes. (laughs) By the way, is Danny McBride the writer for this? Yes, he is. So, he actually co-wrote the previous movie as well. So, David Gordon Green and Danny McBride are the writers of these two movies. Isn't that interesting? So, Danny McBride from Hot Rod is the one (laughs) contributing plot points to this this movie. Yep. From This Is The End, Danny McBride. Yeah. Who would have known? Maybe he's a big Halloween fan. It seems like he is. Yep. Anyway, let's talk about who's in this movie, who's playing our returning characters, and then just dive straight into our plots. There's a lot to talk about, but I'm guessing you only want to pick a few few stars from this cast line. Yeah, I've only picked the most prominent players in the movie. I didn't even bother talking about Michael because who needs to talk about his performance? He's literally a guy with a mask on who doesn't say anything. <laughs> Don't tell that to the guy that played uh, Leatherface in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. No, well, he does a great job. He's always screaming and making all sorts of noises, where Michael is a lot more quieter than that. Anyway, returning as the character of Laurie Strode who was in the previous movie as well as the 1978 movie, as well as Halloween H20, as well as Halloween Resurrection, is Jamie Lee Curtis, who, of course, we've talked about before in Mm -hmm. Knives Out. She was was one of the family members in that movie. Now, it's interesting to point out as well that in this universe, Laurie Strode is not, I repeat, not Michael Myers' sister. Yeah. That was something that was revealed in Halloween 2. So, the reason that Michael Myers was always going after Laurie is because he, he feels the need to kill his sisters for some reason. But they've his com- bloodline. Yeah. They've completely excised that from this new universe. So, I hope you didn't include the fact that uh, she was his sister anywhere in your plot. No. Next up, returning as Laurie's daughter, Karen, is Judy Greer, 
who's been in a bunch of movies. She's usually in comedies. She was in Adaptation. She was in Ant-Man. She was in Jurassic World. She usually plays mums these days. She used to be like the love interest. And now she's sort of been like downgraded to, you know, the mum character. Downgraded? Come on. Upgraded. Okay. Upgraded to the yummy mummy character. Yeah. Why didn't she bring Paul Rudd for this movie? Because he was already in the Halloween series. <laughs> yeah, I know. He can come back. He played Tommy Doyle in Halloween 4 and 5, I believe. Or no, it was just in Halloween 4, I think. Or is it five? I can't remember. They all blend together. And again, returning as the character of Alison, who is Karen's daughter and Laurie's granddaughter, is Andy Matichak. I hope that's how you say your name, Andy. Uh, And she's most famous for being in Halloween 2018, of course. And next up, playing the returning character, Tommy Doyle, who was played by Paul Rudd, as I already mentioned, in in Halloween 4. And he was played by a completely different actor who's not appearing in this movie in the first Halloween, is Anthony Michael Hall who, of course, was Brian in The Breakfast Club, as well as the geeky kid from 16 Candles and Weird Science. Love it. Great to see him in a movie again. I've missed him. Yeah, me too. He was also the bully in Edward Scissorhands, if you remember. He was Winona Ryder's girl- girlfriend. He was Winona Ryder's boyfriend in that movie. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, I never he- put that together. Yeah, he really buffed up for that role. And it was only a couple of years after like Breakfast Club as well. So, of course, we know Tommy Doyle is one of the, the people, one of the children that I think Laurie Strode babysat in the original 1978 movie. So, presumably, he's all grown up now. They sort of already did this plotline in other Halloween movies, so I don't know why they're returning to it. <laughs> Next up, playing the returning character Lindsay Wallace, who was another girl who was being babysat in the original movie, is Carl Richards, who actually played Lindsay Wallace in the original 1978 movie. So, it's actually great to see her back again. Yeah. She's actually the sister of the girl from Assault on Precinct 13 who got shot just wanting an ice cream cone. Oh, really? Yeah, sister of that actress. There you go. Which, of course, was another John Carpenter movie. So, playing the character of Marion Chambers, who played Dr. Loomis's assistant in Halloween 2 as well as Halloween H20, is Nancy Stevens. So, she's returning to play the character again, even though her movies don't exist in this timeline anymore. It gets very confusing. She's just there. Yeah. I don't know what she's going to contribute to the movie. I mean, we see her a bit in the trailer, so my guess, my guess, I could be wrong, is that she's just going to be body count. Why else have her there? Yeah, or maybe she fills in the role for Dr. Loomis. That's what I'm presuming. I didn't really go into that, but, you know, I think that's just a fair assumption. And finally, the last person I wanted to talk about playing the character of Lee Brackett, returning as Lee Brackett, who was the sheriff in the original 1978 movie, is Charles Cyphers. He was, of course, as I mentioned in Halloween 1978, also played the same character in Halloween 2, and he was also a sheriff in Assault on Precinct 13. (laughs) Just a sheriff in John Carpenter movies. Yeah, that's right. Well, he just looks like a policeman, but he's not a policeman in this movie, he's retired, so... I don't even think I worked him into my plot. Uh oh. <laughs> oh no, because he's a he's a big presence in the trailers. Yeah. Oh well. We'll uh, we'll get into my plot when we get into my plot. But you know, just in your plot, he's just around. Yeah. Yeah. He's just food for worms in my plot. Yep. Let's just throw <laughs> that in there. All right. Which one of us is going to go first? Oh, I think you're going to have a lot more than I do. Really? So, yeah. Do you want me to go first? Sure. Why not? My plot of whatever this movie, Halloween Kills. Yeah. Halloween Kills the box office in yeah. a good way. Yeah. Ho- uh, hopefully it's Halloween Kills at the box office and not Halloween <laughs> Kills the franchise again. Not Halloween H2O, just add water where Michael Myers is a mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great, actually. All right. This is this is how we're going to open up. And if I offend you, Kieran, or any of our Halloween listeners by, you know, messing with the lore a little bit. Don't blame me. It's what I think the movie's going to do. That's fair enough. So, we're going to open in 1963. We're going to see a teenager brushing her hair innocently. Oh, Maybe okay. she just said goodbye to a gentleman. <laughs> After an incredibly quick sex scene. 
I timed it. I timed it. It was 10 seconds. Well, you know, happens to the best of us, yeah. Kieran. Yeah. Don't be judging. We were all teenagers once. <laughs> um, she's going to hear a tapping on the window. She checks it out, but it's just the wind. Then she hears something fall downstairs. She heads downstairs and realizes it's just a cat. Mm-hmm. She goes upstairs to a child's bedroom. It's empty, but she hears the closet door swing ajar. And she smiles playfully and she heads over. She opens the closet, but it's empty. She breathes a sigh of relief, turns around and sees a six-year-old in a clown costume and mask who stabs her to death. I'm just going to stop you right there, Maddie D. You realize that we already saw this moment in Halloween 2018, right? Did we? <laughs> yes, we did. And it actually plays out exactly as it did. I think they even just used footage from the 1978 movie. So there's no way that they're going to change it up. Because <laughs> we've already seen that. this. <laughs> so that was just a complete waste of time. Did I just, uh, did I, how high was I? Jesus. Um, <laughs> I thought that was an original idea. Nope. Anyway, I'm going to go with it. That's going to be our scare. Sure, we see it done again differently. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's going to be more stylized. They're gonna be they're gonna be criticized for copying plot points. There you go. They're already being criticized for that. By the way, again going against my formula, the 2018 Halloween movie didn't start with a scare. No, it didn't. I, I thought it had an excellent opening. By the way, it really set the mood for the movie. The way that like the podcasters, I can't believe they had a couple of podcasters as characters in that 2018 movie. But yeah, how they were holding <laughs> yes. up Michael's mask and all the crazy people were going like, well, they're going crazier. And he was just saying, say something, say something. And then, like, the music kicks in. It was so good. That was that was an awesome scene. Yeah. That was an awesome scene of events. Anyway, back to my plot. The teenager utters the word Michael. <laughs> Bing, in case we didn't know who yeah. that was. Why are you and bothering the, persisting with this? We know it's not going to happen. <laughs> Stick it, I'm standing my ground here. Okay. And then the iconic soundtrack is going to play. The title will show, you know, Halloween Kills. And the next scene, we'll see Dr. Loomis heading to the house. Now, I know the actor is no longer present with us anymore, so we might just see the back of his head. Yeah. He heads in with police. He's going to be like Rogue One. He's going to be CGI creation. <laughs> yep. So then we're going to see the iconic credits roll, much like the same as the previous movie, because I like that so much. I love how they like paid homage to the original 1978 version with that. Mm -hmm. And we'll also see scenes of Michael's infamy you know, shown in between this, i.e. newspaper clips, reports, photos, old scenes from previous movies, iconic imagery and memorabilia. Without directly doing it, it'll catch the audience up of who Michael Myers is, you know, his history and also the events of the previous movie. And if this sounds familiar, Kieran, it's maybe because I copied it from Red Dragon. Oh, there we go. So then we get to see Laurie, Allison, and Karen at the back of a truck. It's going to happen directly after the previous movie. So much so that if you play these two movies outside of the flashback, if you play these two movies directly, you know. In sequence, like you're watching Lord of the Rings in a marathon. Exactly. Directly in sequence, it, it'll be just like it'll go straight into the next movie. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a moment of peacefulness and relief as they sort of sit in the, tr in the truck. And Laurie will say, this is finally over. Oh, thank God. And this is interrupted by fire trucks heading towards the fire, which is imprisoning the shape known as Michael Myers. Yeah. So Laurie is angry. She says, let it burn before passing out. So we follow the fire people, people, not fire men, because we're, uh, you know, we're 20, <laughs> firefighters. Firefighters. Yeah. Uh, they go into the burning building. One of them swears they see a shape in one of the windows. They're like, oh, no, we got to go in the house and save them. Guy bursts in. He, like, you know, the floor nearly caves and creates a hole and he sees something down there. So he reaches his hand out, much like we see in the trailer. Mm. It's Michael's hand. Yep. Pulls him down into the abyss, kills him in a brutal fashion. I think he's going to throw him into a wall and break his head or something. Yep. His colleagues are calling out for him. Hey, what's happening? You need backup in there. And of course, 
a severed head is going to just be thrown out, shock everybody. <laughs> like it's a bowling <laughs> and out, ball. And out emerges Michael Myers and kills everyone in a brutal fashion. We see it all in the trailer. I think he throws something through some guy's head. It'll be very gruesome. Now we're going to see Lindsay Wallace, mm-hmm. who was in the original movie, the original 1978 movie. Yeah. She's in her car and she hears disturbing recounts on the radio, uh, which reminds her of a certain event many years prior. Mm. She sees some kids in the park, so she's sort of parked in an area. She sees some kids like swinging on some swings and she very uncreepily goes up to them and tells them to leave, which I thought was really strange, but it's in the trailer. So, you know. Yeah. And they say there's been a man in a weird mask watching them. They're like, it's all right. There's no one's here except for that weird man that keeps staring at us. And she's like, weird guy. Turns around and it's Michael. They try to flee. She ushers the kids to run. Michael pursues Lindsay. She gets into her car. I think there's going to be like a fumble with the keys where the keys go underneath the um, the car. And the dash. Yeah. Mm, you know, that old chestnut. Yeah. The car won't start and all that stuff. But eventually she flees just before getting killed by Michael Myers. Oh, no. So she doesn't get away. No, she does flee. All right, so she flees before she's killed. So she's not actually killed, but she flees before she can be killed. Yeah, and okay. Michael Myers will bash the car window just yep. before before they drive off. So back in the hospital, Laurie is recovering. She's happy that it's done. She's like, oh, thank God, I can now get on with my life. But the police tell her and Karen that he is still out there mm. and, that, and that she needs to leave and they need to protect her, but Laurie refuses. She actually escapes the hospital. Yep, just Laurie like it's finds- Halloween too. <laughs> Allison finds her in the lobby and says, "Laurie, you need to, you know, what are you doing?" <laughs> yeah, she says, "Look, you need to like stay. You know, you need to stay at this hospital. They're going to look after you here." And Laurie says, "No, I'm going to come and face Michael head on." Laurie says she'll help her, but she needs to rest for now. Yeah, she says, "Michael, I'm coming for you." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So Karen is in like this nurse's reception area and she hears a stranger asking about Laurie and it turns out it's Lindsay. So after Lindsay had her encounter with Michael Myers, she actually goes to the hospital. Mm-hmm. How she figured that out, who knows? Yeah, who knows? And Karen and, uh, and Lindsay have a conversation where Lindsay reveals that she was there that night and that she saw Michael and Michael is back. And this brings Lindsay to meet Laurie again and they have like a little reunion in the hospital. Yep. So back in the fire site, the, the burning house, where Michael was... Whose house was that, by the way? I can't remember. It was Laurie's oh, house. It was, it was Laurie's house. So, back in Laurie's house, police are sort of investigating the scene and they see all these like dead bodies and like, oh, no, we need to go to somebody who really knows what we're facing. So, the they go to Frank Hawkins, the original deputy who is now retired since he is the expert. Ah, who's dead? You mean Lee Brackett? Oh. Because Frank Hawkins guy. was uh, stabbed in the neck and ran over in the previous movie. So I doubt they're going to be able to find him easily. <laughs> they find him at his funeral and then meet the other guy. Okay. Lee Brackett was at his funeral, which is somehow <laughs> taken place immediately after he died because it's on the same night. Uh, they go to another crime scene where they see it's in a park. They see people's heads are replaced by pumpkins. Classic Michael Myers. No, you actually missed a detail there, Matty D. Did I? I'll explore it in my plot, though. Since you missed that detail. There we go. I might be wrong already. You are wrong. The first time I'm wrong, I guess. Yep. Should have done your research. (laughs) So, he then reveals that Michael is actually heading in the direction towards his family home, the same place of his first original crime, and he seems to be killing people on the way. As he does. So, the police will order two cynical police officers to watch over Michael's old house. They don't want to scare the residents in it, so they won't tell them. They'll just be like, just park around here, and if you see anything weird, you know. Call in. Yeah, call in, 
you know, let us know. If if this was a plot we would write, we would be cast as these guys. Yes. Because <laughs> they're not going to live for very much longer. So originally I thought Michael was going to head to his family home first and kill everyone there, but then there's not really much where else to go after that. No. So I thought he's going to be heading there. That's where he's going. And they figure that out early. Maybe it's kind of like in Halloween Resurrection where he sets up his house as a base of operations and then just sort of, you know, that's his base and then goes out and does all his killing satellite Maybe. style. The deputy and the police, they go to her location and they meet another survivor. Let's say it's Marilyn. And or they Marianne. tell her that. Take your pick. <laughs> who knows? Laurie and Lindsay are also going to do the same thing. They're going to sort of try to find the other survivors because obviously he tried to kill yep. Lindsay. So he's going to try to kill the other one. So is, this is where they all meet up. Is Allison in your movie at all? Yeah, she's she's with Laurie. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, Laurie, Karen and Allison are all together. Okay. Through this whole movie. Yeah. So they all meet up at this point. They all inform Marilyn that uh, Michael is back. Or Marion. And she's obviously rocked to the core about this. She's really shocked. Now, Lee, a good deputy, not Frank, who I've got in my notes the whole way through here. Well, Lee's retired, but sure, he was a former deputy. (laughs) Well, he was a former sheriff, sorry. Yep. He he tells the police, and the police says, don't worry about it. We'll be on the lookout for an escaped inmate. Just for the time being, everyone remain inside, stay indoors. We'll, We'll take care of it. But Laurie says... Uh, and tells the rest of the survivors this, that the police are not going to stop Michael. He's pure evil, and he'll keep killing everybody, especially the survivors. So we're all dead. And there'll be an understanding that the more Michael kills, the more powerful he gets. Laurie says that she intends to kill Michael himself, and that way she'll know he's dead for good. Lindsay, Allison, and Lee all want to help. They say they have all have unfinished business, so it shouldn't just be up to Laurie to kill to kill Michael because it affected all their lives, and they have just as much at stake as Laurie does. Yeah, since their whole lives were altered. Um, then Lee says, "You know what? One on one, Michael always has the upper hand. But what if we get the whole community involved? <laughs> maybe, Everyone comes with their pitchforks and torches. Maybe true evil can be stopped. You know, there's a little metaphor there if you go looking for it. Mm. So in the middle of the movie, they're going to meet each person one on one and rally them." Also to protect them as well, because they know Michael is going to kill them all on their way. They'll meet survivors and convince them to help. And some might go willingly, some might not. They might get to people after Michael does. So Michael might get to them first and kill them. They might, you know, meet them as Michael is and just save them in the nick of time. But that's sort of what's going to happen in the middle of the movie. Eventually, they make it to Michael's house. Now, Michael will get there first. He'll kill the two police officers that'll be just goofing off. And he'll enter the house and kill some innocent elderly people, which we see in the trailer. Yeah. And he'll have a somber moment in his bedroom. He'll walk upstairs. It'll, you know, we'll hear the music. He'll stare at, you know, his bedroom, but it'll be interrupted by a noise outside, which is our yes. mob. Yeah, they <laughs> knock on the door and they go, trick or treat. And he panics because he's got no, like, candy to give them. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, what am Don't I going to do? That awkward situation. Yes. He's just the got apples, bunch. but they won't accept the apples. So they're like, yeah, there might like, be razor blades in those. <laughs> let's not go to this lame guy's house. He just has apples. <laughs> So they toilet paper his house and he cries. <laughs> and then he's sad. Yeah. That's how they defeat him. So a whole bunch of people gather like a mob and they confront Michael. Michael comes out and they're just going to beat the absolute crap out of him. Yeah. Um, he's going to take some of them down with his knife, but it'll be the first time we see, well, not the first time, but the first time we see him this vulnerable, just getting completely mm. beat up, stabbed, brutalized. Uh, Laurie will deliver a blow, but get stabbed herself. Again, but she'll manage yep. to take off to take off his mask. Yeah. Sorry, I cut you off with something. I said she gets stabbed again because she was stabbed about four times in the previous movie. It is the way, right? She always gets stabbed. Yeah, exactly. In fact, in Halloween Resurrection, she gets stabbed to death. <laughs> uh, and we presume she's dead. 
So I'm going to throw a few rapid-fire predictions here. Sure. Michael Myers' eyes are going to be gouged out. What, like in Halloween 2? Yes. And does he grow them back again, like in Halloween 4? <laughs> Absolutely. Interesting. Leading, leading the iconic uh, visual for blood to, le- to leak down his eyes. I always loved that. Mm. He'll be tied up to a car and <laughs> driven around. <laughs> like it's Mad Max Fury Road. Yep. Uh, he'll be hit by a truck. Okay. As well. Now, I had a few... I've decided how I'm going to end this movie, but I had a few possible endings. Yeah. So, I'll let you know all of them. So, the first ending I thought, which apparently is wrong, because Michael Myers is not going to die, was Laurie going to... She Like, Laurie's been stabbed. She's going to use her body to force Michael down, you know, just like tackle him down and use a grenade to blow him up, leading to the end of Michael. Now, okay. there's a sequel, so obviously we're not going to see that. My other alternative ending is that she pushes him, Laurie does, from a tall height, killing them both, presumably. Yep. Um, Laurie will By the way, being- these two deaths that you've described both happened in Fantasy Island, so I hope that movie hasn't poisoned your idea of what a good horror movie should be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope, hope not. Um, hope it's a little bit better What's than next? That, Michael Myers is dragged into a well by zombies? <laughs> but anyway, Laurie, Laurie pushes him uh, you know, from a tall height. She's fine. They end up like rejoicing that he's dead, but when they look to find him, the body is missing. Yep. Similar to Standard. previous movies. Yep. And the third option is exactly what I think is going to happen: is it's going to stop anticlimactically where the townspeople are stabbing, you know, Michael Myers, and they leave it at a cliffhanger. Okay. As in, what happens next will will be in the following movie, where we're going to be blue balled essentially. Yeah, I basically yeah. guarantee that that's going to be the case. If I was to go with one of my original endings, I would say that the ending of the movie would be everyone hugging all the survivors, being you know grateful about the demise of true evil, and there'd be a last shot in the morning, stylized to be the original 1978 movie, where children are walking the streets trick or treating, and teenagers are walking you know home from school like the opening of the original movie, and maybe yep. uh, Laurie gets to have her doobie in peace. She finally gets uh, her date with Ben Tramer. <laughs> but again, I think it's going to cut off with the showdown and we're going to have to buy the next movie to see what happens. Yeah, of course. We're going to have to watch it on Peacock on Halloween night. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yes, that is what I think about Halloween Kills. Ask me how confident I am. How confident are you, Matty D? Not at all. I haven't called this movie at all. Yeah. Well, it's a difficult one. These movies are always difficult to predict because slashes, they're very formulaic. They're basically the same thing all the time. You're never going to get the order of events right. It's sort of like an action movie in that way. Mm. So all we can do is just sort of throw out ideas and just hope that they appear in the movie, really. Yeah, and, and how do you end a movie like this? Because When you know it's going to be a cliffhanger, when you know there's going to be another movie. Exactly. So it's exactly. difficult. But I'm interested to hear what you have what All you right. think is going to happen. Well, let's you, get into it. You're really into this series, so you, you're coming at this from an educated point of view. Yeah, I suppose so. Uh, <laughs> what I'm going to say next is probably going to disappoint you, though. <laughs> okay. Because I actually wrote my plot badly on purpose because I was trying to emulate the bad script writing that the critics mentioned in their reviews. <laughs> so I'm like, well, it's <laughs> never going to be great according to the critics. So if I just write my plot really badly... Uh, it's, it will work on two ways. So it may either capture the, the bad script writing of the actual movie or what I predict will be so bad that I won't want to see the movie and then the actual movie will just be better and I'll end up enjoying it. That is actually a really good strategy. That way you're not disappointed. Exactly. Because I enjoyed that last 2018 movie so much that I'm just hoping that this movie is, is half as good. Because I've seen a lot of bad Halloween movies over the years, <laughs> so I just want another good one pretty please. 
I feel like this is a little bit of an excuse. Yeah, it is a little bit. <laughs> like a little bit of a cop-out. Yeah. I might have gotten halfway through my plot and gone, this is absolute garbage, and went, oh, well, hold on, hold on, I can use this to my advantage. Anyway, let's get straight into it, because we don't want this to be like a three-hour episode. So, I think the movie will open with the title October 31st, 2018, quite like in your plot. And, well, not exactly like in your plot, but we pick up immediately from where the previous movie ended, with Laurie's house in flames, and Laurie, Karen and Alison are fleeing the scene in the back of a flatbed truck, which we call a ute here in Australia. And again, like we see in the trailer, fire engines pass them, heading towards the blazing house, and the three women scream at them to, Let it burn! Let it burn! The fire never bothered me anyway. (laughs) Very nice. So, two firemen burst into the flaming house, looking for any potential survivors. Since the fire has only just started, I don't know how they got there so fast. One of the hapless firemen falls into the basement, the floor gives way, and before the other firemen can rescue him, they're both brutally murdered by Michael Myers, who survived the blaze. So, when the first fireman falls down, he'll drop his fire axe. Michael Myers will pick that up and, you know, whack him in the head with it. He'll grab, he'll grab the second fireman and pull him down into the basement and then, you know, claw his way out. And the rest of the firemen outside will presume the two firefighters inside burnt to death and begin to hose <laughs> down the inferno. They're like, oh, those guys are dead. Let's, let's hose it down, grab their bodies. But Michael strolls out of the burning house carrying a fire axe. He massacres the firefighters with the axe before finishing up the job with a concrete saw. Again, quite like in the trailer. And for the rest of the movie, I think that Michael's iconic mask will be partially melted. This is actually something we see on the poster. It's a cool touch. So now, as is standard for all Halloween movies, we cut to the opening credits where we're treated to the iconic John Carpenter theme and accompanied with a shot of a flaming jack-o'-lantern that slowly burns to ash. Wouldn't that be great? That is cool. That opening title sequence in the 2018 movie was so good how they had the, like, the pumpkin head that was rotted and then it like slowly reforms back together. Oh, that was fucking excellent. It got me so hyped for the movie. Yeah, me too. So after the titles, we see that Laurie, Karen and Allison have all been taken to hospital. Laurie sustained the most injuries during the fight with Michael, so she's rushed into the ER. And Allison washes Michael's blood from her hands and she and her mother try to convince themselves that Michael is now dead. We then cut to a random house where an elderly couple is wondering why a fire truck is suddenly parked outside their house. (laughs) They hear a strange noise from outside and soon notice a bloody handprint next to their back door. As the husband investigates, he is suddenly killed by Michael. His wife is left to scream in terror before she's quickly taken out by Michael who stabs her in the neck with a fluorescent tube. So this isn't Michael's house, this is just a house nearby. In my plot, it's just a house nearby. So Michael grabs a kitchen knife off the counter and stabs the husband again for good measure. Because he's learned from Zombieland to always do the double tap. (laughs) Meanwhile, Sheriff Barker and a bunch of police turn up at Laurie's house and are shocked to find all of the dead firefighters. Having lived through the previous movie, Sheriff Barker knows that Michael is still alive and he rushes off to warn Laurie and her family. Now, he didn't appear in your plot at all, I don't think. Oh, he's around. Fair enough. Michael continues his killing spree as he makes his way back to Haddonfield on foot killing several teenagers who are just trying to go trick-or-treating. And uh, this is the detail that you actually missed, Matty D. He kills the three kids who were wearing the silver shamrock masks in the previous movie. So there's a shot in the previous movie of three kids wearing the mask from Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. (laughs) And they actually appear in the trailer for this movie dead, all wearing the mask. So there's the pumpkin head mask, there's the witch mask, and there's the skull mask. They're all lying on like a a children's playground covered with blood. Saying something there, I guess. Yeah, I thought it was a fantastic callback. Back at the hospital, Laurie is just now beginning to relax, finally believing that Michael is gone for good. But here comes Sheriff Barker to rain on the parade. He arrives and tells Karen that Michael survived the house fire, and the three women quickly begin to panic. Laurie injects herself with some morphine, 
grabs the kitchen knife she used in the previous movie and leaves the hospital, swearing to hunt down and kill Michael for good, despite protests from her family. So she's able to give them a slip and gets away and sort of gets a head start on them for the rest of the movie, just so you're aware. Okay. And, and then they're pursuing her then. That's right. The police quickly become aware of the dead bodies popping up around Haddonfield, but have no idea where to find Michael because they're useless. <laughs> they're always useless. Yes. While travelling back to Haddonfield, Laurie rings up a few old buddies from the original Halloween movie, including the two kids she used to babysit, Tommy Doyle and Lindsay Wallace, and Dr. Loomis's assistant, Marion. Now, actually, listening to your plot, I more so think that Marion is going to be called in by the police to, like, give them an idea of what Michael's movements would be because, you know, Dr. Loomis is no longer alive. So, the yeah. next best thing is his assistant. And I only had that epiphany when I was listening to your plot. You didn't actually say that, but this is what I actually think is going to happen. So Marion's going to makes gonna, a sense. Yeah. So Marion's going to be called in to sort of help the police out. And then, you know, she's going to try her best to stop Michael at the same time. So what do they do? Like cold calls to all the survivors or do they have like a Facebook group? <laughs> yeah. adding people to. No, I think it's going to be cold calls, though. They might as well have a Facebook group, given the amount of people's lives that <laughs> Michael ruined. So, I think as we're introduced to these original characters, I think we'll see recreations of their scene from the original movies. Oh, I didn't say that either. I think the exact same thing is going to happen. They're going to have, like, flashbacks to their original. Yeah, but it's redone. Sort of like how they did with the scenes from The Shining in Doctor Sleep. I think they're going to sort of refilm some of the scenes from the original movie, but with newer actors. I think it's going to be old footage, personally. I think it's going to be a combination, to be completely honest. But for the most part, it's going to be recreations of the scenes. And this is all just to show how Michael has affected their lives. Yeah. So these survivors all still live in Haddonfield and are all aware of how dangerous Michael can be. And Laurie tells them to protect their families and prepare for Michael's imminent arrival. Prepare for battle. Yeah. How cool is it in the movie 2018 that he just like kills kids? He kills some kids. He doesn't kill like the baby. Yeah, I thought he was going to. Yeah, me too. But, you know, he sort of has some standards. (laughs) He never did kill kids, though, I thought. I feel like we should just scrap our plots of Halloween 2 and just talk about how great Halloween 2018 is. <laughs> We've been doing that all episode anyway. We'll just do a review of it. It was great. Anyway, back to Go my plot. It. Back to my plot. I also think at one stage we'll see a flashback that shows the events after the original 1978 movie, where Dr. Loomis, again, I think recreated with CGI, lures Michael into a trap, and Michael is arrested by the police. And during this arrest, Dr. Loomis will take off Michael's mask while he is distracted, causing the police to be able to capture him while Michael is feeling most vulnerable. Isn't that interesting? Without the mask. Yeah. Loses his power. So basically, Dr. Loomis is standing outside, surrounded by police, and he's just like, Michael, come out, come out. And then when Michael comes out, the police all swoop in and arrest him. And, you know, Dr. Loomis plucks off his mask, sort of revealing what Michael's true weakness is. And that's done in a flashback, of course. I like it. And do we see his face or do we just see the back of his head? I think quite like in the previous movie, his face will sort of be obscured. Like we won't get a good look at his face. Mm. I did see some photos of this movie where we do eventually see his face, but it's only when he's older. Mm, Yeah, fair enough. So I think that Lindsay will find that her kids are still playing outside. So Lindsay is the girl that, you know, was one of the girls that Laurie's friend babysat. And rather than being two random kids in a park, I think it's going to be her two children. I thought that as well. Yeah. So it's her two children. And she realizes pretty quickly that they're being stalked by Michael. So a tense chase begins with Lindsay and her kids fleeing into their house. But unfortunately, Lindsay is murdered after a drawn out scene. So in my plot, she's murdered. Oh, wow. So she's killed off that early. Yeah, that's right. So they're going to do the standard old horror movie cliche or Halloween movie cliche where like the house is dark. They're trying to hide. They're trying to go from room to room. But then Michael eventually surprises them. Well, at least Lindsay anyway. I like to imagine the kids will get away. So, Dr. Loomis's assistant, Marion, arrives in town in her car, 
and tries to warn two random kids. This is sort of like weirdly parallel to your plot as well. Two random kids who are still trick-or-treating to get off the streets. So she ushers the two kids into her car and offers to drive them home. But they're interrupted by Michael, who climbs onto the roof of their car, startling them all with a bloody child's mask. Michael's arm smashes through the window of the car, grabbing Marion by the hair. They struggle for a bit before Marion finally pulls a gun on Michael, but the gun fails Marion and she is killed, and the two kids flee into the night. Sort of like an exact copy of the previous scene I just mentioned. Meanwhile, Tommy Doyle and his former school bully Elam reunite and decide to put aside their differences from childhood in order to save their families. So they've been holding this grudge. <laughs> yeah, well, they never liked each other growing up, but they're like, right. we would put aside our differences in order to save everybody. So they start their own investigation into Michael and they come across several bodies while out looking for him and conclude that he's making his way back to his family home. So they're not police in your plot? No. Makes more sense, to be honest. Yeah, because the police are useless. Unfortunately, Elam's house is attacked by Michael while he's away investigating and his son Cameron, who if you remember was Alison's ex-boyfriend from the previous movie, is forced to defend himself with a handgun. Yeah, he's alive still, isn't he? Yeah, that's right. Well, Well, not for long. But Cameron is distracted when he finds that his mother has been pinned to the ceiling with a kitchen knife and he too is murdered by Michael. So he's going to be stalking around the house holding a handgun. He's going to have like blood splattered down on him and he's going to look up. There's his mom while he's going like, mom! That's when Michael sneaks up behind him and kills him. And he finally gets justice for making out with that hot cat girl at the Halloween party. Yeah, I really wanted him to die. I was kind of disappointed that he didn't. No. Yeah, so that's why I wanted him to die in this movie. Instead, it was the really annoying guy, but I didn't mind that either. No, yeah, the fat friend. Well, yeah. no, he wasn't fat. He just kind of looked like Rocky Dennis from Mask. <laughs> he did. I said the same thing when I watched the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. Laurie arrives back in Haddonfield and meets up with Tommy and Elam, who tell her where Michael is headed. Laurie tells them that they should bring the fight to Michael and trap him inside his former house, since he's just a man after all. Laurie wants that. to kill Michael himself as a revenge for all the pain he's inflicted on her and her family over the years. So at around this point in the movie as well, I think that the comic relief black kid from the first movie will pop in again. <laughs> and he, he'll like be inside his house looking out the window, or maybe he'll be like with the police because, you know, he was traumatized in that first movie. And he'll be looking out and he'll see Michael entering his old family home. And since the kids saw Michael earlier that night, he'll run off and tell everyone that he saw the killer is back again. But we got to have nice. that kid back again. Nice. I'm glad he's back. I like when he like the babysitter was being murdered in that last movie. Uh, he comes up the stairs and, like, peeks up, and then he sees Michael murdering her, and he just goes, nope, and runs out. <laughs> and he tells the boyfriend to go after him. Yeah. Laurie and the other survivors form a posse and set out to hunt Michael down. They track him to his old family house, and Laurie goes in alone to try and draw Michael outside to the mob, quite like Dr. Loomis did in the flashback. Karen and Allison finally catch up, but they are prevented from stopping Laurie by the rest of the posse. They all, like, grab them and hold them back, preventing them from, like, chasing her inside. Inside Michael's former house, Laurie calls out to Michael, but Michael sneaks up on her and kills her again. Wow. So, so I she's think, dead? Yeah, I think Laurie's going to die again in this movie. Kind of like wow. in Halloween Resurrection. Not going to be there for the sequel. Well, they did say, the critics did say that there were a lack of fresh ideas in this movie, so might as well recycle everything from other movies, right? <laughs> yes. Karen bursts in and fights with Michael, who soon overpowers her and goes to kill her before he is suddenly stabbed in the back by Allison. After a struggle, the two women manage to wrestle Michael's mask off, Again, it's weird that we both thought this as well. I guess we kind of well, see, see this see in, in the, the trailer. trailer. Yeah, we see right. Alison hold the mask in, in the yeah, trailer. Yeah, that's right. And Alison leads him outside with the promise of returning his mask. 
the mob all pounce on Michael once he leaves his house and they are prevented. Do they play keep away with him? No, they're like all beating the shit out of him exactly like in your plot. I can't <laughs> believe I had this as well as you. But they are prevented from killing Michael by the police who turn up and arrest him. So they're like, what are you doing? Why are you taking him away? He's like our Halloween pinata for justice. <laughs> Michael is badly injured and is taken to hospital under police protection. But Karen, Allison, and the angry mob aren't happy with this result, and they start a protest outside the hospital, demanding that the police hand over Michael. Sort of like Assault on Precinct 13 with the gang, with the, the guy who killed their like, gang leader. Yeah, we do see that in the trailer now that I think about it. Yeah. The protest at the hospital turns violent, and in the chaos, Michael escapes from his hospital bed to return for yet another sequel. So it sort of ends on a cliffhanger. They go in, like they burst into Michael's room, but he's escaped. He's probably like, jumped out the window or something like that. The music will start up and the movie will end very abruptly. Wow. Um, we have similar plots. Yeah, weirdly similar plots. And what's <laughs> funny is what I, I fully admitted that mine was bad. So what does that say about you? <laughs> what? Mine was good. <laughs> yeah. I just want to say as well, if the movie is anything like this, it will be torn apart by critics and fans alike. No one will like it and will most likely bomb. But I'm hoping, I'm hoping in my heart of hearts that I'm completely wrong and the movie will totally impress me. I'll be like, oh, I didn't see that coming. It was actually really good what they did. Well, if they want to make a series of movies and I'm hearing potential crossovers with other horror characters as well. Yes, they are saying that they are trying to get the rights to Freddy and Jason to be able to do like a trio crossover movie, which would be incredible. Because I love... I don't think I've ever said this before on the show. I absolutely love Freddy vs. Jason. I think it's a fantastic underrated movie. It's fun. I, I don't think it's a good movie, but it's definitely fun. Yeah. Well, that's the best thing about it, that it's fun. So, it doesn't have to be like Shakespeare. It doesn't have to be Citizen Kane. <laughs> it's exactly what it promised to be. But anyway, that's for us to predict in the future, I suppose. And yeah, now that we've gone over our plots, let's open it up to the audience. So, you, the dear listener, do you have any theories on what you think is going to happen in Halloween Kills? You better get them in quick because, as I said, the movie's coming out next week. But regardless, if you have any thoughts on what you think might happen in the movie, please let us know. You can send us an email at potentialspoilerspod at gmail.com. You can hunt us down on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for Potential Spoilers. Or you can just simply leave us a comment on this episode's page on our Podbean site. That's right. Let us know what you want to see. Let us know what your favourite Halloween movies are. Yeah. Do you love Halloween 3 Season of the Witch? (laughs) <laughs> or your favourite horror character, why not, if you're, if you're a Friday the 13th guy. Yeah, that's right. So we are deep in the middle of our Halloween season where we're covering scary movies. So either movies that are scary or movies that we're scared to watch, which I suppose leads me to talk about what we're going to be talking about next week. And what as are we talking about next week? Yeah, you don't know, do you? Nope. So as is standard around this point, we're going to do another instalment of actual spoilers where we go back and look at a plot that we've predicted in the past and see how well it stood up to the actual movie. And I've got to say, I'm not really scared to rewatch this one. I am a little apprehensive, though, because next week we're going to see how well we did with predicting the movie Onward. <laughs> that's, that's a horror movie. <laughs> the one where the dad is a pair of pants. That is scary. Now, full spoiler, full disclaimer for this next episode. I cried like a baby watching Onward in the cinemas. So, no, actually, I think I watched it on Disney+. Plus. Either way, it doesn't matter. I still cried like a baby. So I'm kind of scared. There we go. It fits the theme. I'm kind of scared to go back because I'm worried that I'll just cry like a baby again. I would actually suggest that we actually watch this movie together in preparation, Matty D, but we'll both just be blubbering messes. So, <laughs> And I don't think we can right now, right? No, we can't. I think we're still restricted to stay oh, in our own right. homes. Thanks, So COVID. we've got to cry individually. Yeah, that's right. Oh, well, I'm actually keen to see what you think of the movie. I want to see if you cried as much as I did. <laughs> Knowing you, you probably will. <laughs> probably more so. 
maybe I won't. I'm getting tougher these days. Yeah, that's right. Who would have thought that Matty D turned into the big horror movie guy? Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, you know, skin off my back, you know? Yeah, he used to be such a scaredy cat. Now he's watching all these movies without even, like, ruffling his feathers. Let's ignore the fact that he said that he had, like, horrible nightmares after watching Halloween 2018. (laughs) But that was the drugs, Kieran. Yeah, of course. Anyway, please join us next week when we talk about how well we did with Onward. And until then... Until then, our good friend Michael Myers is going to, I presume, bake us something because he's holding that knife. Yeah. So stay safe out there while trick-or-treating. Trick or treat, motherfucker!